What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I'm Jenna Ellis, and welcome to Just the Truth Podcast, sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find them at thomasmoresociety.org. Our friends over at the Babylon Bee continue to fight for the truth against the fake and failing New York Times. On Wednesday, attorneys for the Bee sent a demand for retraction um, of a statement, and we are going to read that here, that says, uh, as you should be aware, Mike Isaac, a reporter at the New York Times, authored a defamatory article in which he stated, Facebook often dealt with far-right misinformation sites that used quote-unquote satire claims to protect their presence on the platform. For example, the Babylon Bee, a right-leaning site, sometimes trafficked in misinformation under the guise of satire. This article was public, published by the New York Times after its publication, The Babylon Bee, in an effort to protect its business character and reputation against such defamatory attack, made an online post describing Mr. Isaac's false and defamatory assertions in his article. Although this same article was updated by Mr. Isaac thereafter, the update remains defamatory because it nevertheless maintains that The Babylon Bee is a, quote, far-right misinformation site that uses satire claims to protect their presence on the Facebook platform. So joining me now to discuss is Seth Dillon, the CEO of the Babylon Bee. Seth, thanks so much for coming back on Just the Truth. Hey, Jenna. Great to be back. Yeah. So this was a really great letter, and I actually love how your attorney ended it. Uh, govern yourselves accordingly. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, um, so you guys are obviously fighting for truth, um, even though you're a satire website. And I find this just remarkably ironic. It is ironic. I mean, yeah, the, the, the funny thing is they're using misinformation to smear us as being a source of misinformation. So it's actually them who are putting misinformation out there by lying about us and suggesting that we're deceiving people on purpose. Whereas we are straight up front about the fact that we're satire. We write, we publish exclusively satirical content. Um, and there's more truth in our stories, honestly, than there is in a lot of New York Times pieces these days. Yeah, and you know, and this is so interesting that the New York Times uh, continues to attack the Babylon Bee, and um, and I've had you on the show before talking about the truth of satire and why uh, actually having satire is really important to freedom of speech and uh, for getting across. Uh, truths and fundamental truths in kind of a humorous way. And it seems like that is the underhanded reason that the New York Times is coming after the bee so that people think that somehow uh, your site is trafficking in misinformation and they don't get these other fundamental truths that the bee is humorizing. Yeah, they don't seem to like the points we're making. So there's this strategy that they're employing where, you know, you've got, you've got the social networks taking fake news very seriously deplatforming people all over the place who are spreading um, uh, intentionally false, misleading stories. Um, so I, they're trying to take advantage of that climate, that situation and context um, to lump us in with all of those bad actors. 
Um, so it's really disingenuous on their part because they know better. These are journalists. These are reporters. They can go to our website and see that we're satirical. We've been around for like five years, and we're at this point the most popular satire site on the internet. So it's it's inexcusable that they would make a mistake and and uh, and and not realize that we're actually a satire site. So I think it is underhanded, and they are trying to uh, to paint us with that lie and make it stick to us so that they can deplatform us, which is you know it's it's pretty egregious. That's why we're taking it so seriously. Yeah, and as, as well you should. And so uh, this letter was sent by your counsel to the New York Times last Wednesday, June 2nd. Have you gotten a response yet? Uh, we got an email response um, from the person the, the, the letter was addressed to, to to say that they had received it and they were reviewing it. So that's where we're at at this point. Yeah, of course, the legal reviews, that always takes a right. while. But um, right. so, so your demand letter, though, is just for a full retraction. Do you think that that would actually be equitable in this case as long as they came forward and had a full retraction and told people the truth? Well, that would be a big deal because what they did um, after they initially wrote what you read uh, there just a moment ago, they did publish an update to this article because we made a lot of noise about this. They were getting tagged on, on Twitter all over the place. Mike Isaac, the author of this piece, was getting tagged a lot. So, so they went in and made an update to the piece where they said uh, they took out that line, that super malicious line about how we trafficked in misinformation, which was just a ridiculous statement to make, especially since they hyperlinked those words, trafficked in misinformation, to a source that did not support that claim. In fact, it contradicted it. It, it's, it linked to just a profile piece on us that explained that we're a satire site. So they deleted that line and put a new line in there about how we've previously uh, feuded with Snopes and Facebook about whether we publish misinformation or satire. And then they hyperlink off to a Snopes fact check, which, funny enough, has an editor's note in it that says Snopes never intended to impute ill motives on us, never intended to suggest that we were, we were uh, uh, spreading misinformation on purpose uh, or that we're anything other than a satirical site. So um, that link doesn't help them either. That's why we're suggesting that the update is no better than the original. Yeah, and, and so did they even, uh, and I didn't go back and look at this particular uh, piece to see you know, whether it was updated, and did they actually even say in the updated piece that they had updated it, or was this just something where they went back and changed it? They put in, uh, in parentheses, update, and then mentioned oh. that we had this feud with Snopes. So that That's was their second. first attempt at trying to fix the problem. But in, in our view, it doesn't fix the problem. It just leaves in the reader's mind, well, it's disputed whether we're misinformation or satire. No, it's not. We're a satirical site. Snopes isn't claiming that we're something other than satire. Facebook apologized when they originally treated us as false news. So there's no feud here where it's in question whether or not we're satire or fake news. And, and their, their suggestion that this is uh, an ongoing feud and still, we're the only site in that article referenced under the heading of far-right misinformation sites that skirt the rules by pretending to be satire. We're the only one they mention. I would like to know what the other ones are because we're the only one named there. Yeah, absolutely. And also update usually to the average reader would seem like, oh, we're providing additional information or something that we just learned rather than the words uh, either retraction or uh, some kind of you know mistake correction. Usually a correction flag would be something to alert the reader, go back in and actually see what we've corrected. So it seems like they're just being so convoluted that they don't want to admit that uh, they actually really screwed up here and, and they're intentionally targeting you. But this is 
all about, Seth, that the fake news media just wants to target conservatives or people that they just simply disagree with the viewpoint. So I'm really glad that you're taking uh, this to the next uh, level and making sure that they are uh, held accountable, you know, for what they're doing. And so is this um, part of the, you know, the same, um, the same legal effort that you have as well, or is this something just for our listeners, something totally different? Uh, the same, what, what do you mean the same legal effort? The same as what? So um, so the same as, you know, when you're going out and you're talking with Snopes, you know, some of those things and you've pushed back, this is something, a t- totally different piece. This is the beginning of a new legal uh, effort to get them to correct. That's Yeah, this is the first time we've, we've sent a demand letter to the New York Times in particular, yes. Um, so, you know, we've gone back and, and forth. We had sent a letter to Snopes originally, and that's what got Snopes to change uh, their piece that was uh, uh, maliciously misrepresenting us. So uh, we found it pretty effective. Good. Well, good thing you did. We wish you luck. And uh, if you hear any more, then definitely let us know and we'll stay updated on this particular case. We'll be right back with more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to Just the Truth. And joining me now on set is Aubrey Shines, the host of America Shines right here on Real America's Voice. And Aubrey, normally we see you Fridays. It's good to see you in studio today. Always great being here. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely, because there's yeah. so much to talk about. So, of course, we had to bring you in a little early. Um, but I wanted to get your perspective, of course, on uh, the Hunter Biden yeah. emails and his really odd exchange with his lawyer, call, you know, using the N-word. Yeah, I mean, you know what I find interesting, <laughs> Jenna, about the whole Hunter Biden N-word, I've not heard Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the Black Caucus. I've not mm. heard the news channels. I've not heard BLM. I've not heard LeBron James, Colin Kaepernick. Should I continue? I mean, no That's one such is... such a good point. Yeah, no one's pushing back against this. Mm-hmm. Now, Where's the condemnation? Well, of course. Now, yeah. I personally remember when then-President Donald Trump allegedly just even implied that there was some racial dynamic that was going down on Charlottesville, even though it was a lie. I heard the whole speech. He he did it. He condemned all parties, but yet he continued to be pounced on. Yet, Hunter Biden, everyone is silent. And as of this very hour, they're still silent. I wonder where's the corporate boycotts. I wonder how often and how I, I, I would hope that they're going to shut them down. After all, this is what they're known for. But there's pure silence. Hmm. And I find this very, very interesting that America's actually paying attention to it. Now, just for the record, I'm not a fan of the N-word, whether it's from blacks or whites. I've often heard, well, this is something that is uh, akin to something that is symptomatic of the black culture, therefore they can say it. Here's my premise. If it's bad, it's just bad. If I eat or drink something that is poisonous, I don't think it should matter where it comes from. Bad is just bad. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing, Jenna, nothing. It's pure silence from the White House, nothing from the press secretary today, not a single Mm -hmm. word. And again, this isn't fake news. These are emails that anyone can read. 
and yeah. no one's talking about it. Yeah, and you know, it, it just goes to show you that the left will condemn even perceived racism and say that that is the worst thing in America, that you know, white supremacy is everything that we have to fight against and the systematic racism is the worst thing facing our country, and yet when actual genuine racism comes from someone in their own camp, they refuse to condemn it. I mean, it's it's shocking hypocr hypocrisy, and it shouldn't actually shock us by now because we know that the Democrats, if they, you know, I always love to say if they didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. But um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, there, and where is the leftist media? Where yeah. are the Rachel Maddows of the world? Where are the Brian Stelters who are actually willing, instead of sucking up to the press secretary and saying, how can we do a better job as journalists? You know. Yeah. He, like, where are the leftist media actually being truthful and, and saying, hey, you better have a response to this because this is, as you said, wrong is wrong, period. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And again, if they do, it'll be, you know, 10,000 years from now when this, this is bypassed. I, but I take you and I take your cue here. You says, where is it from their camp? And I heard that word when it just, you just echoed it. And I, my, my first thought immediately was, well, in that camp, Jenna, is where all this whole dynamic has always been. Mm -hmm. See, the Democratic Party has always been the party of this racial divisiveness in this nation. Again, I say this at ad nauseum. This is the same political party that 13th, 14th Amendment, they fought against blacks. They fought against black and brown people getting, quote, a free education. They wanted them to be educated down the road, but they certainly wanted it to be separate. Uh, maybe it would then be equal. But yet, here we find something, again, systemically, mm -hmm. I believe, part of the DNA of the Democratic Party, and I think they're showing their true colors. This is why, personally, I'm not looking for them to say anything regarding mm -hmm. this issue, because I, I feel to do so uh, it would almost be a house divided against itself. And I'm not sure they would be able to stand because once they throw down the gauntlet and begin to condemn that, they have a lot of other issues that they're going to have to address Jen, I don't think they're willing to address them. No, they aren't. And you know, we see that they have lied to uh, women. You know, in terms of the transgender sports uh, initiatives, uh, they have lied to now immigrants. With Kamala Harris saying, you know, <laughs> this week don't come, and it, with a very you know placid face. Um, and then, of course, they've lied to uh, any of the faith-based community that actually uh, didn't have the common sense to not vote for Joe Biden and not recognize that as a lie. And uh, now they're lying to Black Americans. America when yeah. they're refusing to condemn this. I mean, how far, and this is only in the first four months. I mean, I how many other uh, promises that they made during the campaign that the Trump campaign that I was a part of, of course, uh, said they are just the lying liars who lie. How many more campaign promises and all of these things that they're willing to say just to get the vote? How long will it take mm -hmm. before the regular, actually good faith Democrats, the common sense people who for some reason still support Democrats, yeah, I don't get how that long one. Yeah. is it going to take for them to I wake up? I don't know, up? because again, I think that they have a pattern in if you look over the last 74, 77 years, the Democrats have, a, a, I think, a pretty good batting record here. And the only thing you have to do is go to our inner cities, take a look, and you'll see their failed policies, whether it's language, whether it's gender confusion, call them whatever you will. They are consistent, but they're consistently bad for America. Listen, I believe they have a right to exist. I really, really do. But I just wish to God that those that have the, what I, I would hope, the integrity to at least report these issues, that they would just do so. Just report it. Let the public make up its own mind. 
what really, really just blows my mind, they don't touch the subject matter. So we see these failed policies. We see the policies that have just decimated middle America as it relates to black and brown areas, urban areas. These areas have been, unfortunately, the product, the child of the Democratic Party. And this is a horrible child that this child has grown up to be. And again, what we see in Hunter Biden, and again, let's not forget this either. It was his dad, Joe Biden. I don't really look to him as, quote, the real president here because I don't believe for one moment this guy really uh, honestly with integrity got in office. But let's not forget yeah, his no one dad. With common sense does. Well, of course not. <laughs> yeah. But his dad has also used uh -huh. the same word. Let's not forget the apple really doesn't fall far from the tree. It was mm -hmm. Joe Biden, Joe Biden, the father of Hunter Biden, that said concerning his children, I'm not going to put my kids in a school with brown and black people because it would be turned into a jungle. Well, what's the difference? In, high, in, in, in his son uh, Hunter saying the same thing. So what he's using the term, he's learned this behavior perhaps mm -hmm. from dad. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing again, the apple not being too far, at least from the base of the tree. Yeah, and you also said something I think was so, um, so I mean, everything you say is wise, but so wise in pointing out that the mainstream media refuses to even cover this so that then the American people can have uh, their opinion on what's going on. And when the news media, who claims to be all about the news and what's going on, when they refuse to even cover the story and not just give bad opinions on it, they refuse to even cover it, period, that tells you what they're trying to hide. Because when something like this comes out that you know, had this been from one of Donald Trump's children. I mean, oh Don Jr. tweeted yeah. and said, can you imagine if this had been from yeah. one of the Trump kids? You know, this sure. would be all over the news for days. And yet they're just brushing this under the rug because they're willing to cover for their favorites. Well, they have to, don't they? Because again, my contention has always been this. Once you open up Pandora's box, what else is going to come out of that box? Again, we can talk about policy after policy, but if we were only to stay within this little myopic circle of addressing the issue of the bad language that's here, again, let's just go to his father. And, and, and again, where's Kamala? Where's the Black Lives Matter? Where's Antifa? Where's mm -hmm. Colin Kaepernick? Where's LeBron James? I mean, where's Oprah Winfrey making now a big production of this? Will they call for his house? By the way, mm -hmm. Jenna, Where's the DNC? Why haven't they come out and scorned this guy to say, hey, not only is this no place for this, you're out of here. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. No, it, it's and, not. and I think this is a great time for when we are saying this and saying, look at how hypocritical they're being by not calling out the truth. For everyone who is so sickened by this, we have to recognize that when, you know, things that are not pretty are yeah. not great of members of our own camp, we have to be willing to stand up and say, you know what? No, that wasn't okay. Or no, that was wrong. Or here's what the truth of it is. Because often if there's something, and I'm not saying, you know, to the, the N word or to this level or saying in any way, you know, nobody misconstrued anything mm -hmm. to say that, you know, we're saying that anybody in our camp is a racist, but anything that is even, um, just something that is wrong or is not uh, something that we would condone of the Republican Party. Like, for example, I called out Chairwoman uh, Ronna McDaniel yes, yeah. for her tweet supporting pride and yeah. saying, 
No, that's not part of conservatism. This is wrong. Faith-based traditional values voters are not going to condone that. And you know, some of the response to that was like, well, why are you eating our own this and that? Well, no, because we have to make sure that those in our party, our friends, sure. our camp, sure. we hold them accountable. You know why? Because the conservative, I'm talking true conservatism here. Right. We're based out of something called principle, not personality. See, when we do the personality thing, it's bad, it, it, and it can mm -hmm. really turn out. In the chair of the RNC, we saw that personified in her ridiculous position that she held. But we're principle-driven. We're mm -hmm. just simply saying, if it's good for one, it should be good for the other. If it's not, if it's divisive for one, mm -hmm. it should be the same for the other. The Democrats Absolutely. have a problem of hypocrisy. I just think America Principle can do better. Matters. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll be right back. And, you know, we have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, that principle matters. True conservative to conservatism is built on principle. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Just the Truth. And speaking of the fake news and always wanting to get to the truth, rather than having social media think that they are the arbiters of truth, what is really going on with Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, and uh, that whole community? So Project Veritas had an insiders project on Facebook. Watch this. Yeah, and I mean, Sorry, I'm not Heidi should definitely jump in on this, but I mean, uh, there are a lot of questions that we get a lot of the time around um, you know, when people leak stuff, do we find them? And, um, you know, and I've been clear that we, we have the number of efforts to find people and, and, and we terminate people and pursue um, the, the recourse that we have when we, when we identify them. And in this case, we did find them. So, um, you know, Heidi maybe can talk a bit about that. Uh, but, you know, we generally don't talk about it or go out of our way when we find, when we find folks who leak. But, um, but we, we do a reasonably good job at this. And, and I think it's part of, it's the kind of flip side of the coin from having an open culture is we can be open and we can share a lot of stuff, but we also need to be very good at rooting out people who are leaking stuff. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, I think over the last year there have been more leaks than I think all of us would have wanted, but we, we also, um, you know, find a lot of the folks and, and, sure, and terminate them. So. Um, as you said, we generally don't share um, specifics around the actions we take to mitigate and investigate leaks. Um, because we don't want leakers to find a way around them. Um, but we do take leaks very seriously. We always investigate them to the fullest extent possible. Um, and when we find leakers, which we often do, we have a zero tolerance. So that means we fire them. And we also consider other things, other actions, such as legal action. Um, for those of you who don't know the context around this question, Project Veritas released a video last week alleging that they had uncovered a new effort to censor vaccine concerns globally. It was based on leaked documents about a health integrity program that we have in place that combats vaccine hesitancy by taking a hard stance against vaccine information, misinformation. 
Joining me now is Spencer Meads, the Project Veritas Insiders Director, and Morgan Common, Facebook Insider. So, gentlemen, thanks so much. I think there are so many uh, conservatives and just truth seekers in America that are very interested in what's going on here because not only with the Fauci emails that uh, have been, of course, uncovered to see everything that was going on there, but then social media's role in this and particularly with the coronavirus. So, Spencer, I'll start with you. Um, what was the initial inception for this, pro this project and what did this uh, ultimately reveal about Facebook? Well, this was a plan on the part of Facebook to drastically reduce user exposure to vaccine hesitancy in comments. So uh, Morgan was brave enough when he saw this. He said, uh, this, is, uh, this is immoral. This is wrong. Uh, Facebook is censoring one side of the argument here. And Morgan came to us with these documents uh, showing that Facebook was suppressing their users' comments uh, without the user's knowledge. So when someone would make a comment uh, about the vaccine, even if it was just, I'm not sure if I want to get the vaccine, that was considered a vaccine-hesitant comment. And that was demoted. It was buried within the comments. So you might think you're scrolling these Facebook pages and you're reading all the comments and you're getting both sides, all sides of the picture. When in reality, Facebook wanted to uh, only have a one-sided argument, and, and Morgan was brave enough to bring that to Project Veritas. Wow. And Morgan, um, your role with Facebook is, of course, very fascinating. I think that a lot of our viewers right now are familiar with this and even some of their own comments uh, being suppressed. And so what um, is or was your role at Facebook? How did you come across this information? And uh, why have you been brave enough to come forward and tell the truth? Uh, so basically, I, uh, when I was working for Facebook, I was doing work for them uh, as a data center technician. And my job there was to go inside to the data center <clears throat> where they host these, uh, where they physically host the services uh, that they have on their platform, um, like their, their payment services and, you know, basically all, all, all kinds of things. It was also a primary population center for them. And I would go in here and I would take tickets from all, all kinds of uh, people that worked for as full-time employees for Facebook, like their production operations engineers and stuff like that. I would take support tickets from them where they needed hardware uh, changed out on the servers or they needed things repaired or things like that. Uh, yeah, and so that's basically it. And uh, when my coworker brought this to me, I was pretty shocked and he was as well. Uh, and it was posted on an internal um, social platform, basically a social media platform called Workplace, which is basically like an inside version of Facebook. Uh, and so it was posted for, you know, 700 to 1,000 people. and. I saw it and I thought, wow, you know, I immediately thought I need to take this to Project Veritas because this is insane. You know, nobody knows about this and they should. Uh, so that's exactly what I did. Hmm. And, and what type of um, material specifically did you give them that, um, that showed this particular uh, covert operation within Facebook to diminish these types of comments? I mean, what, um, what was being posted on that workplace platform? So basically, the very first thing uh, that was uh, on there that I posted that I leaked was uh, it was a form, a, summar a summarization report of this entire program and, all, and, and, and these algorithms um, in a briefer note. And it was called um, vaccine, uh, vaccine Hesitancy Comment Demotion was the, was, the, was the title of the document. And it, and it was authored by uh, product managers, several software engineers, you know, people that are high up at Facebook. And uh, it was part of an inside group. And it summarized the algorithms that were used, the reason why they wanted to do it to summarize their, their goals, 
uh, in this entire project, and it was basically an inside look uh, from an insider's perspective at the program as a whole. Wow, and and Spencer, you know, this is just sickening um, to know to have proof of what I think a lot of people have thought and have distrusted from Mark Zuckerberg and others at Facebook for a long time. That of course they are arbiters of truth in their own minds. And so as you're uh, doing uh, disclosing this information, and you know you're doing the business of truth telling, uh, what would Project Veritas like to see from Facebook? Is this um, accountability driven? Is this just putting the truth out there, letting people? decide about the platform, prosecution? I mean, what's the end goal of this project? Well, first and foremost, I think Heidi Swartz, uh, Facebook's deputy general counsel, who you just saw in that clip, she needs to apologize to 60,000 Facebook employees. Uh, she lied by omission when she said that this was just a health integrity effort to combat vaccine misinformation. But she didn't include the fact that Facebook was censoring actually true facts or events. So she really pulled the wool over all of their employees' eyes, uh, and she told them that this was just about misinformation. When we know that even if you posted some statistics that were true about the vaccine, even if you posted uh, your account of the side effects that you had, totally factual, those would be demoted, those would be censored. So. I'd like to see first and foremost Facebook to be uh, honest with their employees, to be honest with the public about what they're actually doing when they're censoring these uh, comments without users' knowledge. Facebook uh, responded to this by saying, we publicly uh, announced this on our blog, but if, if you go to Facebook's blog, if you go to their information center, their help desk, there's, there's no mention of, of vaccine hesitancy comment emotion. I'd, I'd like to know where that is. So I think we'd like Facebook to be honest with their employees, stop lying by omission to their employees, and to be honest with the public about how they're manipulating the conversation on their platform. Yeah. And, and Morgan, you know, what about you? Has there been any sort of retaliation as, as a whistleblower? Um, are you still at Facebook? And what would you like to see come of this? Because, you know, again, you are so courageous for bringing this forward and showing the truth uh, of Facebook and, you know, this ridiculous uh, vaccine hesitancy as they describe it. But we all know what it really is. It's just them being arbiters of truth. Yeah. So basically, as soon as Facebook uh, was suspicious of my involvement in this, uh, they immediately, uh, you know, called, called me in in the classic scenario with a security guard and my supervisor. Had me give over my work materials and my lap, my work laptop and my work cell phone, and escorted me to the parking lot, and basically said, "Yeah, we're going to do an investigatory meeting at a later date, and uh, we'll we'll tell you when that is." Well, Facebook never contacted me to, contacted me directly. They contacted me through the the third party contractor, which employed me to Facebook, and they never actually contacted me directly. But um, when they scheduled the end up when they actually did schedule this meeting they actually ended up canceling it at the last minute, right, right before it happened. And they also didn't inform my supervisor, his supervisor, or his supervisor's supervisor about what was going on. Nobody knew, they had no clue. And so this, it, it was a pretty hush-hush thing that was going on there. And um, yeah, and like Spencer said, they basically said, oh yeah, you know, we already put this out to our users proactively. Like, oh yeah, this is just old news. And it's like, no, that's not at all. That doesn't even scratch the surface of everything in, in, the, in these documents. And they do deserve an explanation, absolutely. And, and what would you like to see uh, come out of this beyond just an explanation? Um, are you looking for um, an apology? I mean, what's, what's the goal besides obviously bringing this to the forefront? 
Uh, I'm looking to empower people with this information so that they can make their own conclusions about whether to use Facebook and Instagram or other platforms that are inevitably going to pop up, you know, that are going to offer services where it's like, you know, the key marketing thing is we don't suppress, we don't censor. You, this is a, a true freedom of speech platform that you can use. And yeah, there is, there's already things like that popping up, but there's going to be a lot more in the future, I think. And I think Facebook is going to see a huge decline in users. I think it should. I think it deserves that. Yeah, and, and you have a GoFundMe as well, right? Um, so this is something, where can people find that, find more of uh, the information that you've released? Uh, so if you want to give tips to Project Veritas, if anyone else wants to come out as a whistleblower, you don't have to work at Facebook, you can work anywhere, anywhere in the world. You can go to veritastips at protonmail.com, you can email that email address. And if you would like to support me and my family, you can go to um, givesendgo.com slash expose Facebook. Wow. Well, thank you, gentlemen, so much um, for coming on. And Spencer, um, you know, anywhere else uh, that that people can go to, to find Project Veritas and just uh, and find also the work that you're doing. I know I think that you guys were also suspended off of Twitter, which is ridiculous. I know that James O'Keefe has been. So, you know, we're seeing all of this come out with these uh, with these platforms that are trying to suppress the truth. So where can people find not only this, but also Project Veritas's um, other work that you're doing? People can go to projectveritas.com. That's www.projectveritas.com. And as Morgan said, uh, please email veritastips at protonmail.com if you're witnessing corruption, malfeasance, waste, fraud, or abuse. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. And we will follow this story because it is absolutely absurd what Facebook and social media and big tech is getting away with, with suppressing and silencing truth. But we'll continue to talk about the truth right here on Real America's Voice. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and we're continuing the conversation with Aubrey Shines, the host of America Shines that you just saw previewed right here on Real America's Voice. And Aubrey, um, wow, that last interview yeah. with uh, Project Veritas, I mean, this is something, I want your reaction to this because um, I think everyone is so sick and tired of these social media big tech giants that are suppressing truth, that are silencing uh, the viewpoints that they just don't want. And they're basically telling people, well, then go out and create your own platform, see how that goes, and we're not going to be willing to follow our own rules. I think it's just disgusting. I think it's scary, and it's scary because it reminds me of everything that I've ever studied as it relates to the World War II issue. I saw someone else do this, mm -hmm. uh, and it didn't work that well. It didn't turn out that well. He had ministers of propaganda that would go out and they would continue one to say the same lie over and over, and they would put all this false information out. It was very divisive. It was called socialism. And we saw it personified in people like Hitler and people like Karl Marx and others. And so when I see what these social uh, oligarchs are really, really doing, scary to me because they are silencing and when I hear the rhetoric well just go out and create your own I don't think people really understand what's really really happening here these are not editors these are individuals that have in a real sense they've kind of cornered the market 
we've saw this in some of the other uh, software uh, engineers that are out there. They develop certain applications, but if the only place that you can sell your product is within the framework of some of these larger companies, then where do you really, really go? And until Congress really kind of steps in, and right now, obviously, it's not to their advantage to do so because these same social, what I call elitists, like Zuckerberg and others, they are tied to the Democratic Party. So the Democrats have no incentive, obviously, to say, hey, this is unfair. Let's have a, a, a real playing field that's just equal for everyone. No, it's working to their advantage. And until companies do come into existence and people begin to fade away, and I guarantee you this, I'm on record for saying this, allow a company or two to come out, you will see an exodus from places like Twitter, Facebook, like you've never seen before. I have a sneaky feeling that we're going to begin to see that pretty soon. And I think finally there'll be some real, real justice here. I hope so. And, you know, the thing that is, is also so frustrating to so many Americans is that if this were conservatives that were doing the same thing to liberals, which hopefully would never happen because of as we've talked about, mm -hmm. we are principled. And of course, you know, freedom of speech and having a forum for opinion is something that um, it should be classified as a public sure. utility. This shouldn't be the arbiters of truth. All of those reasons. But everyone knows instinctively that if these social media giants were run by conservatives, that were suspending, you know, Joe Biden as the sure. president instead of Donald Trump. They were suspending, you know, some of the the leftist mm -hmm. uh, reporters like they are James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. Then there would be it would be wall to wall coverage. They would never get away with it, and they would also be popping up and supporting other efforts for social media. Uh, platforms that are competitors. And what's so frustrating about this whole notion of, well, just create your own platform and let's create competition. They're trying to silence even the competition. I mean, look what they did to Parler. Yeah, and that was my point. They've been doing this. And again, this is, I, I had one of the same guys from Project Veritas on my show. And we talked about, in principle, the same thing. Jenna, I've been the victim of this. I have friends mm -hmm. that have. I went from X amount of tens of thousands of people that are paying attention to all of a sudden down in the single digits. I mean, out of nowhere. And I would have individuals inboxing me saying, listen, where are you? Mm -hmm. uh, when you do something, we can't find you any longer. Only for us to find out that there was an algorithm that had been set against us yeah. simply because, and again, I wasn't saying something outlandish. I was just simply expressing a different viewpoint. And that's something for some reason mm -hmm. liberals don't do very well in. Not they don't all. like a fair fight. They exactly. don't like equality. They, they want really to don't. dictate to you and I who should, who shouldn't. And I think these type of puppet masters, they need to be taken to the woodshed. And I think competition is going to do that. I think once that happens, and I really do believe that, I think you're going to see an exodus. And I personally don't think they will ever recover from it. Mm -hmm. And and I hope not. You know, and the, the struggle, though, for a lot of the users, I mean, I'm obviously on social media as well. And um, my position has always been, well, I'm not going to voluntarily get off of these platforms and diminish the influence of good in kind of this world of sure. evil that is the Twitterverse, you know. But at the same time, I think there's, um, th that's kind of a two-edged sword, right, where you're still then participating in a platform, yet 
the platform itself is so anti-conservative. And of sure. course, you know, I'm on um, some of the other competitors. I'm on Parler. I'm mm -hmm. on Gab. I'm on, you know, some of these that hopefully are um, bringing a public forum that is truly around principle rather mm -hmm. than viewpoint censorship. But it's it's a it's a difficult question. And I really wish that instead of this kind of mass exodus and people saying, well, then we're going to have to voluntarily, because we know the left won't. I mean, all of these, you know, fake activist journalists, sure. they're not going to do that. Um, I mean, look at President Trump, as much as you know, he absolutely hates the fake news yeah. media, he wouldn't have left Twitter. They had to suspend him for absolutely no reason. And so the justice element of this is that we see how Congress is so unwilling to get this done. And as much as President Trump, while he was in office, mm -hmm. championed, we've got to reform Section 230, we have to make sure that big tech is held accountable, um, if the rest of government is unwilling to do that, and if also we the people, the free market, sure. is unwilling to do that, then it seems like they're still getting away with it. Well, they are. And this is why I champion guys like Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. See. Governors like him get it, Abbott and some of these other governors, they're getting it. They're making sure that these platforms can be sued by its citizenry. Why? Because once they find out that you use some discriminatory practice against, for instance, us Floridians, we now finally have an avenue to say, wait a minute, let's go to court and let's talk about it. And I think once that really begins to happen as well, again, without these guys uh, rectifying their own problem. And by the way, I get it. A mm -hmm. lot of us like to think, well, let's not do what they're doing. Let's, let's not cancel them. But let me remind everyone about history just very briefly. During the 50s and 60s, in the height of the civil rights movement, the Southern Democrats, Jenna, they didn't have an epiphany. They didn't have some grand revelation that they were doing their black citizenry uh, very, very you know, detrimental, causing mm -hmm. them harm. What happened in a nutshell? The black and brown people of those communities said, you know what, since I can't eat at your counter, or I can't ride in the front of your bus, again, we like to only have this parameter around Rosa Parks, and she did a fantastic job, but there were thousands of other mm -hmm. Rosa Parks before Rosa Parks was the face of that type of, uh, of movement. Right. I tell you what happened, black and brown people begin to say, I won't ride your bus, I won't eat, and guess what? Then the local then commerce said, local. we're going to change because we're losing money. And I love that you brought it back immediately to the state yes. governors, because when yes. the state and local level gets involved, that's when there's meaningful change. Exactly. Everyone wants to say, this is all about the federal government, Congress step in, president do something. If the states would be like Ron DeSantis, we could get things done. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
continuing the conversation here on Just the Truth with Aubrey Shines, host of America Shines right here on Real America's Voice. And Aubrey, we've been talking about um, you know, just the reaction to this really explosive Project Veritas uh, Facebook insider information that has now been revealed and, you know, great, great interview uh, with Spencer and Morgan. And, you know, we're talking about how the uh, the fake news media is suppressing and silencing truth and, of course, social media. But let's talk about what they're silencing, sure. because I think so many Americans, especially in the midst of the whole COVID-19 situation, uh, that almost more than anything in our recent, recent history, Americans really needed and wanted to know the truth so they could make the best and most informed decision for themselves and their family. And when we're now with the Fauci emails, with all of this that is now being uncovered that, you know, Facebook is saying, oh, hesitancy for the vaccine is now something that they want to suppress. We're saying, okay, we've really been lied to. We have. And again, my show this week, I'm going to address this very topic with, uh, I will at least uh, highlight Dr. Emanuel. She was the uh, African descent lady American that was one of the forefront doctors, mm -hmm. stood there at the Capitol saying, hey, listen, I literally have several hundred patients that I treated with uh, hydrochloroquine. And she talked about the results, and they were fantastic. But again, she only personifies dozens of other doctors, mm -hmm. several, by the way, that I've spoke with personally. Yes, and, that is Zelenko. I just yeah. had him on an interview last week. And, and it's the same he thing, was saying this, And he got suspended off of Twitter just for saying that hydroxychloroquine yes. is a good remedy for COVID. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, and again, I'm not sure if my source, I can validate this as of yet, I will certainly have this information in the next few days. It looks like Can't Dr. Fossey, I know, right? It looks like he and his family was taking HQC here. So I, it, it's gonna be mm -hmm. very interesting to find out. One thing that we do know, they suppress the information. Imagine for just a moment, these are trained medical facilitators. Mm -hmm. These are guys and girls that have spent years for a purpose to make sure that men and women have the best health care that there is. And these are things that they were doing prior. All of a sudden they're suspended. Now for each of us to find out what we already in our hearts knew because we had a plethora of doctors that were out there that were saying, listen, this actually works. Mm -hmm. And I wonder about this, Jenna. President Donald J. Trump was espousing this product from the beginning. Six dollars mm -hmm. a pop, a pill, right there. Sixty plus years. I have friends that go to Africa all the time. Yeah, they're not using a new drug. this. Guess what? It was nothing new. We mm -hmm. maybe didn't have to shut down our economy. Now we're listening at Dr. Fossey. He was a liar. Mm -hmm. We got him. And look, we know that the Democrats, like Gretchen Whitmer and Gavin Newsom and others, were breaking their own COVID rules because sure. they knew that this was false and they're expecting everyone else to have the fear and fall in line under their petty tyranny. And then they go out and they break it because if they really thought they were putting themselves at risk, no reasonable person would do that. They showed the truth in their actions. Well, <laughs> One of my favorite phrases is, you can say what you think, yeah. but you'll always live what you believe. Well, they, of course they do, and this is why we have them on camera, photos everywhere, you know, while they're telling you and I, hey, don't you come out, don't breathe, hold your breath. All the mm -hmm. things they were telling us to do. Wear 10 doing, masks. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> 30 masks, and yeah. when you go swimming, wear another 50. Yeah. Here's the reality, they were lying. And we yeah. know that, this again, 
again, this is not conjecture. This is fact. We know and we have the body of evidence to prove it. We're going to be addressing this. I have a great doctor that's going to be on this show. He's going to talk about it. And I really believe with all of my heart, we are on the verge of America finally getting just the truth. That's fantastic. Well, I can't wait for your show Saturday, and we need to continue to tell the truth. And you're right, this isn't about conjecture. It's not conspiracy theory land like the mainstream media would have us believe, sure. but we don't believe those lies anymore. And I am thankful for shows like yours and also for this platform on Real America's Voice for this show that will continue to say just the truth. Yeah. And for more of the truth, we always have to go directly to the Word of God that is the fullest and most eternal, immutable truth. So now to just the word. John 3, 1 through 21 says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from nor where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil and hates the light will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This fuller context around John 3.16 is so important when Jesus says three times to Nicodemus, very truly, I say unto you, we need to be looking and reading clearly the word of God every day to make sure that we are grounded in the truth. 
that's it for this episode of Just the Truth. I'm Jenna Ellis, and we are sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find out more about the Thomas More Society and the incredible work that we do there at thomasmoresociety.org. And I will be back tomorrow and every Monday through Friday here on Just the Truth.